Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis, support.greatdetectives.net. Send a donation with the Zelle app to box13 at greatdetectives.net or mail in a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho 83715. Or you can become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Just go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. And I want to thank our latest Patreon supporter, Charlie, supporting us at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. All right, well, now it's time for today's episode of Dragnet, the original air date, January 4th, 1955, and the title is The Big Mug. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Dragnet. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned a robbery detail. For the past three weeks, a strong-arm, hold-up man has been terrorizing the downtown area. You've got a description of the thief and a method of operation for him. Your job? Find him. documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law through an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. It was Monday, May 3rd. It was warm in Los Angeles. We were working the night watch out of robbery detail. My partner's Frank Smith. The boss is Chief of Detective Stad Brown. My name's Friday. I was on the way back to the office, and it was 4.02 p.m. when I got to room 27. Robbery. Hi, Joe. Hi. Jim, how's it going? Pretty good. What do you got here? It's a new gimmick they're trying. What's it do? Supposed to let all of us in the room hear what comes over the hot shot phone? You mean without picking it up, huh? Yeah. Hmm? How's it work? Look, I'll show you. See, this knob here is the volume control. Mm-hmm. You just turn it on, put the phone on it, like this. You have to adjust this little gizmo so it fits the earpiece. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. Where do we hear it? Through that speaker over there. Uh-huh. We've got another one hooked up in the squad room. Well, we ought to be able to hear it any place then, huh? Yeah. You don't have to get up and pick up the receiver. You can hear the whole call. Should make it a lot easier. We're going to keep it? We're just trying it out the way it looks. We'll leave it in. Ought to save a lot of steps. Yeah. Call the phone a deck, huh? Yeah, works good. A lot better than trying to juggle a phone on your shoulder and write at the same time. And the desk man doesn't have to repeat what's said to everybody in the room. Looks all right. I only got one question. What's that? Wilson and Market Street, southeast corner, 211 and slugging. Never mind. I just got the answer. Huh? It works. 
Wilson and Market Street, southeast corner, 211 and slugging. Frank, Jim, Austin, and I left the city hall. There was no way of telling from the hotshot call if the suspect was the one we were looking for or not, but either way, we had to check it out. It took us three minutes to get to the scene. An ambulance was in the area, and they'd answered the call. The attendant was giving the victim first aid. She was a woman in her late 50s or early 60s. Please. Oh, do something. I can't stand my throat. Please do something. You all right if we talk to her? Oh. Yeah, I make it brief. We've got to move in as soon as we can. All right. <laughs> Lady, I'm a police officer. I've got to talk to you. Oh, go away. I can't talk to anybody. Can't you give me something? Please, it hurts. Oh, we'll take care of it. We just try to relax. Did you get a name on her? The cards there, uh, Myra McFadden. Ms. McFadden, can you tell us who did it? No reason. I'd given him money. He didn't have to kick me. Was it one man? Who did he ask for it? I'd given it to him. Did you see who it was? I can't stand it anymore, please. What's wrong with her here? Legs broken, fat fracture went through the skin. Can you tell us what happened, Miss McFadden? He tried to grab my purse. I didn't know. He tried to take it away from me. Yes, ma'am. I wouldn't let him have it, and then he kicked me in the back, and I fell. Something happened to my leg. Oh, please do something, please. Just a minute, Miss McFadden. Oh, God, please help me. Excuse me, Sergeant. I have to give her a morphine injection. Sure, right ahead. Oh. Oh. Was it a man? Yes. Was he tall? Yes. About five foot eight to five ten, maybe? I don't know. Or was he dark? Yes. Did he say anything to you at all? No. He just kicked me and I fell down. Was he wearing a coat? What? Was he wearing a coat? A coat? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I don't know. He just kicked me and I fell down. My, my leg doesn't hurt anymore. I can hardly feel it. Not anymore. It doesn't hurt now. No, no. We'll take her in now. Right. What'd you find out, Jim? Anything? Talked to the newsboy on the corner. Did he see it? Not at the beginning. Heard the woman scream, turned around, saw the guy bring his knee up into her back, dropped her on the sidewalk. Did he get a look at him? Yeah, the fellow took off down that way. The newsboy ran after him. When he realized he couldn't tag him, he came back and called the ambulance. How about a description? Gave that to the other fellows. They got it out. Uh-huh. Well, how's it line up to you two? All the way. It's the guy we're looking for. Well, he switched his M.O. He's hitting in the daytime now. Yeah. Something else, that old lady. Hmm? He's getting braver all the time. We talked to the witness. From what he told us about the suspect, it was the same person we were after. There was only one change in his method of operation. Instead of waiting for darkness, he was now hitting in the daylight hours. During the time we'd spent on the case, the stats office had made several runs trying to give us some kind of a lead. Everything about the suspect had been checked and rechecked. 
Special show-ups were arranged, and possible suspects were shown to the victims. In spite of all our efforts, the suspect continued to run free. Wednesday, May 5th, Frank and I stopped for dinner across the street from the city hall. It's a big thing now. What's that? Mambo. Hmm? Mambo. Dance step. Faye's been trying to get me to learn. She sees it on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. Faye says a man looks sophisticated when he does it. That's what she says, huh? Yeah. You think it would? Would what? Make me look sophisticated. Well, do you want me to be honest? Sure, Joe. I don't think anything could do that for you. Well, I'm glad to hear it all, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'll tell Faye. Keep her off my back about taking them lessons. Mm-hmm. Hi, Joe. Oh, hi, Dick. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. Uh, Donahoe said you was over here. Uh-huh. It's my partner, Frank Smith. This is Dick Blake, writes for the L.A. Examiner. Hi. I haven't seen you for a while, Frank. Oh, yeah. Hi, Dick. Want a cup of coffee? No, no, thanks. I just had dinner. You looking for something special, Dick? I'd like to get a story on the strong-arm man you fellas are after. Anything you can give me? No, you got about all of it. Now, what about the McFadden woman? Is she going to be all right? I haven't heard anything. I called the county hospital this afternoon. Yeah? Said her leg's been set. Gonna take some time to heal. They're giving her a new kind of serum. She gonna be all right, though, huh? They're not sure yet. They don't know if there's any injury to her spine. Yeah, sure, a rough one. Well, that's the way this guy does business. You know, we've been getting calls for the last ten days, letters to the editors, everything. Yeah, we can get in line, Dick. It's been coming at us from all sides. What do you got on them? Oh, well, we ought to put out a mimeographed answer to that. Hmm. Yeah, we can take a lot of paper. Is there anything I can have? It's no secret. Most of the victims have told us the same story. A guy mm -hmm. comes up to him and starts a conversation. About a ride someplace, cup of coffee, anything to slow the victim down from leaving. Uh -huh. First chance he gets, he slams the victim into a wall and asks for the money. Now, before the McFadden woman, he worked at night, didn't he? Yeah. Now, what about his choice of victims? A possible tie-in there? Mm-mm. Not that we can find. Anybody on the street is right. You got a description on him? Yeah, white male American, around 30, dark hair, dark eyes. 165 pounds, 5'8", five, 5'10". Five, That's, That's a couple of thousand people. Yeah. Now, what about the area he's working? Is there anything there? Well, seems to make most of his pickups down around the plaza. And what about the victims themselves? What do you mean? Well, they usually look like they're carrying money or No, what? not all the time. Last week, he beat up a serviceman in civilian clothes. He took $44 from him. Kid didn't look like he had a dime in his pockets. Yeah. Nothing about this guy fits a pattern, Dick. There's only one thing we can drop in a pocket. He's mean. The way it works, the kick he gets out of beating up a person, it's got to mean more than just money to him. Yeah. Well, one more thing. How close are you? Outside a country mile. Yeah. Half the division's been on his tail. This keeps up, and Metro's going to ask for an increase in budget to hire more men. We got the area covered like rain, and he don't get wet. Mm. Well, I got to get back to the office, write something. Try to take it easy on us, will you? Look, we're on your side. Now, thanks for the help. Okay, see you around, huh? Right. So long, Frank. Hey, cool, huh? Yeah. Anything comes up, let me know, huh? We get something, you'll hear about it. Sure like to get a break on the story. Well, we're both even there. Huh? So would we. For the next week, the patrol of the streets continued. The strong-armed bandit hit three more times. Each time, the victim and the witnesses gave us the same description. It matched the suspect we were looking for. Thursday, May 13th, 7.52 p.m. We got back to the squad room. Anything come in? Yeah. Take back on Whitey. How's it look? No good. What do you mean? Well, according to Brereton, he's been in jail for the last two months. Yeah? He's waiting for trial in Stockton. Well, does it say what he fell for? Armed robbery. Hmm. 
Graduated, huh? Yeah, looks like it. I get it. Robbery Friday. Hello. Yeah, well, could you speak up? I can't hear you. Yeah, that's better. How's that? Well, what was that name again? Yeah, well, now give me your name. No, we can't do much with that. What do you got? Fella says the name of the strong arm bandit's Benny Jessup. Well, what about the person who called? Hung up. Anonymous, huh? Yeah. Well, what do you think? That was one way to find out. Yeah? Ask Benny Jessup. After we checked the name through R&I, Frank and I went out to Benny Jessup's address. Benny Jessup? Yeah, what do you want? You Benny Jessup? Yeah. Police officers want to talk to you. You looking for something special? A couple of questions we want to ask you. Sure, I got no beef with the cops. Appreciate it. If you keep it short, I got big trouble. But this seltzer might help. Uh, must have got a hold of some bad food. Really? Uh, excuse me. Yeah. What's it all about? You ever been arrested, Jessup? Yeah, look, it'd be a lot easier and faster if I started off telling you I'd been in the route, huh? You guys checked the record before you came up here. You know I fell once for burglary. You know I'm free now. Don't owe nobody nothing. Let's go from there. All right, you got a job? Yeah. What do you do? I'm a candy butcher. What's that? I sell candy. Where? One of the theaters downtown. When do you work? Nights. Name them. Monday through Saturday. What hours? Check in at 4, work till 11, 11.30. How come you're not there tonight? I told you, I'm sick. How long you had the job? Oh, a couple of years. Anybody at the theater to back that up? What do you mean? Well, anybody will say you're there. Look, you better tell me what this is about, huh? I'm not hung up on anything. I got no part of any action you guys are in on. Well, it comes down to one thing. If you can prove you're working every night, you're clean. Yeah, I know that now. How do you sell this candy? Hmm? Where are you in the theater when you work? All over, storeroom, lobby, all over. You got a regular stand or you work in the aisles? Stand in the lobby. Somebody there to take the tickets? Yeah. Well, they ought to be able to tell us then, shouldn't they? Tell you nothing. I've been working since I got out of the joint. You go down there and start asking a lot of questions, you're going to cause a lot of trouble. Is that right? I will get me fired. Don't worry about it. Yeah, easy to say. You haven't got the job. Better call and check, huh? Yeah. You got a phone? You see one around? Give me the number. I don't know it. You work there, but you don't know the phone number. I forgot. Where is the place? Corner Third and Weller. What's the manager's name? You got to talk to him. Now, look, I can do it on the phone, or we can go on down there. How do you want it? Name's Woodrum. I'll check it, Joe. Look, you tell me what this is about. If it fits, you'll know. Who turned you on me? What? Look, who tried the box job? You got reason to come up here. I don't know what you're digging for, but I'm not around. Somebody gave you my name, didn't they? We heard it. Who? Well, if we told you the truth, you wouldn't believe it. Somebody I know? That's hard to say. You just need two words. What's that? First and last name. We got a call. We don't know who it was from. Person said we were looking for you. And you barrel up here and roused me. You got no rousting. We had to check it out. What is it, a burglary? No. Well, then I'm home free. Only thing I ever fell for. I learned. How about it? You talked to Woodrum? Yeah. What about my job? The alibi hole. He's been there every work night for the last four months. I told you that. All right, you're out, but somebody's on your back. 
Uh, nothing new. I've been carrying a lot of people. All right, Jessup, we'll leave it right there. Keep your nose clean. Thanks a lot, cop. I'm not sure I want you on my team. Huh? Look, what about my job? What did Woodrum say? You got no trouble. What do you mean? He says take care of yourself. Yeah? Be at work tomorrow night. We'll see you around, Jessup. I didn't tell him everything. What? I talked to the manager on the phone. He filled me in. Yeah. You know the guy who called you? Yeah, what about him? He's an usher down there. Yeah. He wants to be a candy butcher. Frank and I left Jessup and went downtown to talk to the theater manager in person. He verified the fact that Jessup had been at work during the hours of the robberies. Other people who worked in the theater were questioned. Their statements ruled out Jessup as our suspect. Another day went by. There were several strong-arm robberies in the downtown area, but none with the same viciousness used by our suspect. Saturday, May 15th, Frank and I got back to the office. Hi, Joe. Frank. Jim. Hi. What do you got there? Talked to Skipper this afternoon. Had a meeting with Chief Brown. Yeah. They drew the line, said we got to come up with something. Well, we got half the men at Metro working on it now. All the streets are covered. There's not much more we can do. The guy's got to make a mistake. All we need is a little time. Skipper just cut off the supply. Well, you have any ideas? Yeah, I've been going over it. Take a look at this map. Mm-hmm. Most of the strong arms have been taking place in this area. Really? We've had cars here, here, along here, and uh, covering the alleys in here. Mm-hmm. But suppose we put our own men in that area on foot. Decoy system, huh? Yeah, only thing we haven't tried. Well, it might work. Something to do. How do we set it up? Guy makes most of his pickups around the plaza, right? That's right. Then we start from there. Each night, one of us walks around the streets, try to pick the guy up. Other two follow in a car. What's the captain think of the idea? Haven't talked to him yet. He can't be, if it's a possibility. When do we start? How about tonight? Well, let's go. Wait a minute. Who's going to do the walking? Doesn't make a lot of difference. How about flipping a coin? All right. Hi, man. Fine. Huh. That's one you didn't get, Joe. Yeah. I win. I hope so. For the next two days, the plan was carried out. The thief didn't hit. We began to wonder if he'd quit his operation. Monday, May 17th, while Frank and Jim Austin followed me in Unit 1K80, I acted as decoy. 12.47 a.m. It looked like another wasted night. Got a match? Yeah. How about a cigarette? Sure. All right, how about a light? Yeah. <laughs> oh, give me your wallet. Try and take it, huh? Sydney! Sydney! All right, fellow, where are you going? Let me go! Okay. Get up there. Get your hands against the wall. Come on, move. All right, now get your hands in back of you. All right. Come on, don't shove, cop. Just do as you're told. It'll save you a lot of trouble. Jim? Yeah, here you go. All right, you. Hands down. Turn around. What's your name? Why don't you find out? We will. We want to save time. Giles Schaefer. 
What's your name, fella? What's your name? You're not going to do any good with him. What do you mean? He's deaf. His hearing aid's broken. You're not getting through at all. Is that so? Well, then you tell us his name. Sidney Remler. Just the two of you in this? You see anybody else? I ask you a question. You got an answer? What'd you tell him? I can't hear what you said. Never mind. I told you you wouldn't get through to him. You got it wrong. Huh? We'll get through. You are listening to Dragnet, the authentic story of your police force in action. Frank, Jim Austin, and I took the suspects to the city hall for questioning. You guys got nothing on us. You're sitting in the wrong place, fella. That right? We got you made on tonight. Time we get through, we'll tag you for at least ten more counts. You better stick to coffee. Isn't anybody gonna let me know what's going on? Can't you fix that thing we'll for We'll get me? it taken care of. Where do you guys live? Dig, cop. That's what you're paid All for. All right, we can do it the hard way if that's how you want it. You're getting no help from me. That works both ways. Oh, you're whistling anyway. You maybe got us for tonight, that's all. What's going on? Oh, shut up! Be careful what you tell them. You guys work alone? You got a reason to think there's anybody else? We want you to tell us. You're off your rocker, cop. You better put a button on that mouse, Schaefer. The way you've treated people doesn't give you a soft ticket. Doesn't make any difference how I got it. I'm going to ride it all the way. Now, will you stick with that and see where you land? You're really off your rocker. Isn't anybody going to tell me what's going on? All right, take everything out of your pocket, Schaefer. What? Come on. Just put it right there on the table. A lot of paper there. You always carry that much money? Yeah. How much is there? I don't know. You must have some idea. Uh, maybe three, four hundred dollars. You work for a living? No. Where'd you get the money? From a bank. What'd you use to take it out? What? A gun or a pen. I didn't steal it if that's what you're trying to build. A lot of money. How'd you get it? My old man left it to me. Well, you don't work at all, Anna. No, I don't believe in it. How about him? No, no, he doesn't work either. What did he say about me? He wants to know if you work. Huh? He wants to know if you work. No, none of us do. Giles, Dave, and me have incomes. None of us work. Shut up. Who's Dave? I don't know. Now, look, we're about through playing games with you. You come in here like you're 12 feet tall and try to throw your weight around. Well, it isn't going to work. The sooner you realize it, the better it's going to be for you. Now, how about it? Who is he? You know, we'll come up with it. How much do you think he'll do to get you out of here? What he can. No, that's not going to hold your stuck. You can call it two ways, easy and yours. Now, which is it going to be? How about it? What do you want to know? This Dave, what's his full name? Santel. Was he with you in all the robberies? Yeah. What about tonight? Stayed on. Why? He set up all the others. We figured we'd pull this one by ourselves. Where is he now? I don't know. Home, I guess. Where's that? An apartment out on Fountain. That's in Hollywood? Yeah. What's the phone number? What are you going to do? Just give me the phone number, will you? Hollywood 98844. I'll dial it. You just talk. You going to use the gadget, Joe? Yeah, we might as well. All right. We can all listen. Hollywood 98844. 
funny answers, you just talk right into that thing. Hello. Hello, Dave. Yeah, this you, Joss? Yeah. Sydney with you? Yeah. How'd it go? Pretty good. You coming home right away? Yeah. I'll go out and get some beer. I should be back by the time you guys get in. Okay, Dave. We'll see you. Uh, as soon as you get home, we'll have a celebration, huh? Yeah, sure. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'll give the girls a call. Sound all right to you? Yeah, it's fine. Oh, one thing, though. What's that, Dave? You know that, Helen. Always got a couple of crow girlfriends around. You better stop on the way home, huh? What for? Well, see if you can pick up a couple more guys. <laughs> David Santel's name and description through R&I, and we found that he'd served the term at the county jail for violation of the State Narcotics Act. There was no record on either Giles Schaefer or Sidney Remler. Remler was taken to the main jail, and Frank and I, along with Jim Austin and Giles Schaefer, drove out to Santel's apartment. It was a large place in the Hollywood area. While Jim Austin stayed with the suspect, Frank and I checked with the manager. He told us that Santel had left a few minutes before we got to the place. The four of us went inside. All right, now, you go on over there and sit down. You guys sure throw muscle around. Yeah, we got a long way to catch you. All right, what am I supposed to do when Dave comes back? Just sit there and keep your mouth shut. You know, it's going to be pretty interesting. What's that? The expression on your face when the judge turns us loose. Well, don't make book on that. The place is clean, Joe. Right. You guys never do one honest day's work, and you always live high, don't you? Stay there, Schaefer. You all set? Yeah. Watch it, Frank! Right. Now, is there anything else you want to throw? No. If you cause any more trouble, I'll make a hole in you big enough to walk through. All right, all right. Turn around. It's clean. Put your hands down. You don't need those. I'm not going to give you any trouble. Let's make sure. I told you not to put those on me. Try to muscle us, cop. I got a lawyer. You're going to be on the carpet for this. Time we get through with you, I'll have you walk on a beach so far out, you'll be lucky to get home on weekends. You know, you punks make me sick to my stomach. You lean on some old man or woman, you strong arm a service man, you got about as much guts as an underfed worm. Why don't you save it for the court, You huh? sit on your mouth, fella. I'll let you know when I'm through. I'm going to tell you something. You remember what happened to you tonight. You put it on the wire and get it around to the rest of the two-bit bums that work this same filthy operation. You tell them every time they put the arm on an old man, every time they slug a service man, they're never going to know. It might be a cop, and if it's not, there'll be four of us waiting in the next doorway. So before you roll that next victim, you think about that, will you? You got it all off your chest now? No, I got one more thing for you. You're going to jail, and we're going to drop every book we got on you. There's a mirror in the car. On the way in, you look at it and smile. What for? Be happy you still got all those teeth. <laughs> names were changed to protect the innocent. On September 14th, trial was held in Department 98, Superior Court of the State of California, in and for the County of Los Angeles. In a moment, the results of that trial. Giles Herbert Schaefer... David Arthur Santel and Sidney Thomas Remler were tried and convicted of robbery in the first degree, 14 counts, 
and receive sentence as prescribed by law. Robbery in the first degree is punishable by imprisonment in the state penitentiary for not less than five years on each count. Because of the viciousness shown by the suspects, their sentences were set to run consecutively. just heard Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the office of Chief of Police W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department. Welcome back. The confrontation with the criminals at the end was interesting, and it kind of showed a shift in the tone of Dragnet. Uh, Michael Hayde, in his book, uh, My Name is Friday, uh, which is a great book about Dragnet that's sadly out of print, uh, he observed that after the Dragnet movie, there was a bit more uh, harshness in the way which uh, Friday and Smith uh, tended to treat uh, both criminals and the public. It certainly wasn't a universal case. But at the end of the episode, you do have Friday essentially saying, you're lucky that I don't just uh, beat you down. And that's not typically something that you would have heard or seen in the earlier days of Dragnet. And in some ways, I do think uh, the there is a shift which can work and does work in a lot of episodes, particularly when you get into the 1960s. And you do see some emotion from Joe Friday and moments where the professional veneer uh, cracks in dealing with uh, various and the price that's paid by victims. And you get to see some real sparks of anger, which don't really turn into violence, but they turn into uh, often the Joe Friday speech uh, in the 1960s show. I do think that harder edge uh, does work itself out pretty well when you get into the 1960s. Uh, because, and I think it does come with age. When Dragnet started, Jack Webb is playing this young, uh, under 30 uh, police sergeant. And by the time he gets to Dragnet 66 and Dragnet 67, he's playing a guy in his mid-40s who has put in his years, and probably cares a little less about what other people think, and is one of those veteran officers who just calls it how they see it. I don't think we're quite at that point uh, in uh, this particular episode. What's being explored here is something that actually I think was probably more effectively handled uh, in Adam 12, uh, and it's the exploration of this idea that uh, essentially 
that a policeman will encounter situations that will tempt them to violent reprisals and taking the law into their own hands. However, they have to be good enough policemen uh, and professional enough to avoid crossing over that line. And it is a challenge. Uh, during the last season of Adam-12, they made an episode called uh, X-Force, uh, where uh, uh, Malloy actually got um, a little too rough, uh, unnecessarily physical with a uh, child molester he'd apprehended. And he actually got uh, subject to a suspension uh, but he owned his error, and he uh, ad admitted uh, that he'd been wrong. In fact, you know, uh, his partner, Officer Reed, said, you know, I, I might have done the same thing in, the in that situation, you know, trying to empathize. And Malloy said, you would have been as wrong as I was. So it's this very uh, difficult line. And when you are dealing with the, and you're portraying the sort of uh, suffering and uh, misery inflicted by crime, uh, it, I think that there is this idea of showing some of that tension and that uh, temptation that others cross that line and they just were totally, became totally uh, out of control. Uh, there was another episode uh, from earlier in the series called Badge Heavy where Reed had to take down a uh, police officer who was routinely uh, using excessive force and throwing his weight around. Uh, and it is this really delicate balance. And it, it portrayed how uh, easy it could be to fall into this temptation to abuse power. So what I think we're seeing is kind of the beginning of developing those themes in episodes like this on the radio show. All right, well, I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Emmett. Emmett has been one of our Patreon supporters since March of 2008. Currently supporting us at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Emmett. And uh, that will actually be all for today. Join us back here on Monday for Box 13. Next Saturday, another episode of Dragnet. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.